0: Nabil, you're stitching together an AI future. Are, is that mid-twit? What you just walked through and just listen to the podcast is on either end of the, of the curve. And it's I have stitched together the future of AI to get these.
1: Hello, everybody. First, the big news is we have a podcast name.
0: What was it? Next token prediction. Prediction.
1: No, it's hallway chat. Hallway chat. Um, I have spoken to our uh, illustrious friend an ambassador. I sent I sent a text message to an ambassador to get a password to a podcast so that we could take over the name Hallway Chat. He put the password as Pass the Torch, which was very teary-eyed, but happy to be here with you, Frasier.
0: Oh, <laughs> happy to go see you as the ambassador of Sweden in a decade. I think so, man. I'm just not capable of being that
1: political or well-behaved. It's pretty obvious what we're going to talk about this week, if we're talking about anything, which is, we're going to talk about open AI dev day.
0: That was the thing that happened this week. Yeah. I heard about that.
1: No one cares about Apple keynotes by the way, anymore, but it's good to know that there's still a keynote that gets everybody a little riled
0: up. Uh, I, I will tell you there was a buzz the weekend before, wasn't there? And then uh, yeah. I was so. I you know, that's a good call out. I was giddy, like I used to be for Apple keynotes for this. And then I was just so proud of, of my buds over there for shipping all this stuff.
1: So my first question for you, given your background and where you come from, how much of what, without saying anything confidential, how much of what you saw there was stuff that you knew about a long time ago and at OpenAI has been worked on for a year and how much of that stuff was.
0: Worked on for a year. And- <laughs> Sorry, I can't. But <laughs> the idea that they work on stuff for a year is amazing. <laughs> if you if you squint, the vision for my GPT was there as we were building early versions of of what became ChatGPT. Right. I think it's not an elastic imagination to say, hey, this LLM is really great at certain tasks that have some utility. But then low utility tasks individually, aren't that interesting. If you can find a way to make it easy to create those, discover those, share those. You can probably get a bucket of small utility in aggregate. That's quite useful. Right. And I might have, Uh, I might have five, my GPTs that are useful for me. You might have two of the same, but you might have then six other ones.
1: You're saying that in that way, you mean predating plugins?
0: Yeah, yes. Uh, I I have heard that there was a blog post that went out about a confidential um, talk that Sam gave in London, where he said that uh, plugins didn't quite have product market fit. And uh, I, I may share that point of view. It was nice to see them get back to, to a place that I think is going to have tremendous value for end users, and then by extension, real value for them. But everything, everything-, so as everything- The
1: outsider, I'm going to take a read of that is, uh, my colleague Frager didn't think Plugins should ever be done. He liked my GPTs when he was there. They got sidetracked. They're back on home stretch. You don't have, you don't have to respond to that, Frazier. <laughs> I
0: think the world was had a lot of euphoria at the start of this year because it's the, the world's response. And I wonder how much of that euphoria led to a, a plugins decision. But my GPTs, I think, is, is elegant. It just makes sense. We'll see how people uh, adopt it, of course. Everything I, else I, was new. Everything else was new. Everything else being
1: new is interesting since some of those things feel like they are complicated undertakings or long engineering efforts. And I think it does tell you, given that you weren't at OpenAI that long ago, it does tell you a little bit about how quickly this industry is moving. What would you say if a founder was talking to us? today and saying what to take away from OpenAI Dev Day. Did we learn
0: anything new? I don't think much of what we would have said in the past would have changed because of this, you need to have a a differentiated view in the world and have opinionated product that you're delivering. And it's absolutely okay to be building with hosted models. That stuff's all the same. My observation, if I look back over all of our demos and releases, and this one's probably going to be no different is. The demo is going to overstate in the short term what we all think these technologies can do. And then we're going to wake up in six months or 12 months, and a lot of that stuff is actually going to happen, right? The Codex demo from Greg, I don't know if you watched it. I, I remember being on the Twitch stream when it played out, and it was so lovely to see because people were blowing their minds on the Twitch comments, much like we had been internally when we saw it. And, yeah, And then there wasn't much, right? There wasn't much with Codex, mm-hmm. but we're starting to see the really creative use of these types of technologies into coding applications that will rewire it, the world. It feels like even with Copilot around, there's been an explosion of coding startups. Yeah, for sure, right? Because the, the models are excellent in that area, and yeah. it just happens to be a problem that these developers have for themselves, so they have good intuition on what can be done, But like the codex demo was some number of years ago. It has taken a while for us to get there. And my, my sense is that this is going to be very similar. It's funny that we first talked about GPTs, my GPTs,
1: which is of course not a developer focused thing, really. That's actually a consumer focused thing. Right. On the developer side, we heard things like they updated the knowledge base cutoff date, there's some more input and output controls. The API now added vision and DALI and text to speech what else was there fine tuning controls were also added the token length was also extended all host of things that would seem to be helpful and and what devs want but the prevailing thing that it feels like i walked away from even though it's a dev day is just given the weight and power of chat gpt on this company we didn't hear any announcements about slas and in fact the day after we had right. some serious sla problems i use an app called reflect it wouldn't work well because OpenAI was down and the he was using Descript and, and I was trying to edit podcast notes from a previous podcast, which should go off tonight. And similarly, it was down and, and it reminded me that, I don't know, as much as this was a dev day, I'm just not sure this is gonna be, end up being a developer focused company. I don't think it can.
0: I think they're rather ambitious. Uh, and I think that they're, they're playing <laughs> a game across a number of different fronts. The, the sheer size of the success of ChatGPT is, is outrageous, but they're building a good business. They're building a good business with the API. So there's a, like a lot of complexity. And I think the world hasn't necessarily seen a situation like this to this degree, where you're, you, it's not even that you have a platform where you're then chipping off on features, it's that your, your consumer product consistently is getting better on an arc where it's just absorbing the functionality of what's yeah. getting built by many of the people on the platform. And that, that is going to be interesting. I, I, I so listen, it, they may be a, a chat GPT first party, but you have to have a, a, a big imagination to think that UIs are going to fade away and that you're right. going to have no third party products for bespoke purposes.
1: I think that's true. I I, looked, I I checked in with a handful of founders yesterday that operate in the space just to get their hot takes on, on what they think about this. And, and what I heard a lot was of folks that are horizontally oriented, dev tools oriented and these kinds of things they felt pretty threatened. And folks that felt vertically oriented, we're going after a specific use case. We're building a certain kind of behavior. We have a differentiated user interface we're building and then we're building on top of this model in that direction.
0: It was, they all seemed fine, you know? Yeah. Listen, they launch a text-to-speech API and I think it's like 10 X cheaper than, than the market. I might be wrong on that, but it's like dramatically less expensive and it's a a happy byproduct of investments into other areas that they can just bring to market for, for developers to, to utilize. It's amazing. Yeah. I think my
1: last takeaway from those check-ins was like, no, nobody seems particularly enthusiastic about. The GPT store. As much as I think I will use GPTs, like I actually already have a handful of prompts. I I am one of those humans with a Google Sheet filled with prompts, and I actually built a little silly chatbot um, side project last summer that would go fetch the prompt for the job and stuff like that. So I will certainly use GPTs. But what I didn't get a sense of, like, I I assume OpenAI wants this to feel like the App Store, right? That every entrepreneur should go now. 30% of the YC class right. could be folks trying to make GPTs, which is why they launched with monetization. Coming soon, monetization. Yeah, yeah. They want it to feel like the mobile revolution did. And I, I don't suspect that that...
0: I don't know. What Do you do? You think that's going to be a thing? I have high confidence that what you said you're going to use it for is what a lot of us are going to use it for. We have these small yeah. tasks that, that we can stand off these rough edges in our day-to-day lives specifically at work yeah uh, am i going to use it as a consumer especially like the my gp component of it I, I think that's to be determined i think that's to be determined
1: i think we forget how many app stores post the app store
0: the iphone app store yeah. just haven't
1: worked there's a chrome app store i don't know if you you used that that much like you can and it never worked it, it's still Basically extensions, which is what it's always been. Oh, you yeah. never really turned into a gold rush.
0: Even the group who has shipped the app store has a watch app store, a iMessage app store, a Mac OS app yes. store, and they're all like just... Uh,
1: uh, Apple TV app store. They actually <laughs> yeah. spend a bunch of money to get people to move games onto the TV app store at Apple,
0: and just it's just never been a thing. Yep, 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 yep. So the, these things are, are hard because I, I think companies want them. It's not necessarily clear that consumers and developers want them. I, I, do have, I have high conviction that I have 10 tasks that my GPTs can help add a little bit of structure so that I can more easily get value out of this model. And probably even more importantly, I can then share these three tasks with my colleague who doesn't quite know how to do prompt engineering or whatever within chat gpt to get the value out of the model and so that 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 will happen am i going to use it for consumer like things that people will build big businesses off of i don't know to be determined i'd love to see that i'd love <laughs> to see it right i would love to see it it would be so awesome if somebody creative walked down. frazier last night we had a
1: AI dinner with a handful of founders, including Andrew Mason over at Descript. And I thought he asked a really good question. If most of the things that we're seeing right now are playing out the way that we think they will, I think his question was something along the lines of as investors, what surprised us versus a year ago. And I know you haven't been
0: an investor for a year,
1: (laughs) but what surprised you over the last year that you would not have prognosticated? How has it it played out differently than you thought?
0: I don't think we've seen the level of creativity in how to bring these technologies into uh, brand new products, like breathing life into beautiful new products. We've seen a bunch of first-order thinking of, hey, this can complete text, so let's do copywriting or let's write an essay, those types of things. We haven't seen... Maybe the parallel is we, we have seen the equivalent of Instagram and all of the photo sharing applications and probably somebody will build a, a nice business there that's that's very apparent. What we haven't seen yeah. is the second order thinking like, oh you have this device on you that has location. Now we can summon a car and let's do Uber. Like I, I yeah. went I yeah. went to open AI because I thought that we are going to make this technology accessible. And when it becomes democratized, the real beautiful creative people out there are going to show us all of the wonderful things that can be built with it. It is, it is remarkably accessible. Um, somebody else last night, this is a funny aside, they said that they have no problem fine-tuning the world's most sophisticated model, but they have no idea how to do very small ML traditional models, which I thought was a, a wonderful place, statement of where we are yeah. in the world today. But yeah we haven't seen have you seen anything creative that just knocks your socks off
1: we have seen some things founders that we're talking to now or some of the investment that we've made but you're right i think i would have assumed it would be a cambrian explosion of the craziest weirdest ideas ever as people are playing with this new tool that is really this alien and amongst us i I just say with these used phrases like alien amongst us the thing you expect the next (laughs) week is is going to blow your mind but I also have to remind myself, it's early, to use your mobile analogy, Uber is two and a half years in. We're not even a year, we're barely a year out of ChatGPT, and we're still in fart app land. Yeah. Like, that, like <laughs> we're, we're still in flashlight land yep, and the calculator and, land, yep. and like, th- there is, we're still in folks trying to learn to live with a thing for a little while before they really get to second order thinking. And so, I think that's just the way it is. I think we also want, I think the investor class, quite frankly, has contributed to this problem, to be honest, we have a whole bunch of investors that became much more industrialized Mm. over the last four or five years and their factory farming, B2B SaaS startups, they have absolutely no taste. And so a new crazy thing happens in the world and their instinct is it's a gold rush and we should sell picks and shovels and. That then I don't have to make a decision about anything. I just go do picks and shovels. And I'm not saying we'd never do a picks and shovels business, but it's better being highly differentiated. Right. Because you're you're talking about a situation where the model layer is already changing every single three weeks, every single three months. Right. You have some new open source model comes out, then open AI decides that. They're going to release a multimodal model, which as far as I can tell, was not actually a long-term plan, but a model came out and it worked out and it's fine and that's great. And who knows what's going to happen next. And so in a world where the bottom layer of the infrastructure stack is changing crazily, and frankly, like people at GPT-4 at the team and people at Anthropic working on Claude don't fully understand every single capability of that model, that's the nature of the probabilistic model like this. And the consumer behavior is changing like crazy, Mm -hmm. right? We have a situation where. A year ago, chat TPD happens. Every public CEO now has to give some talk on TV when they're doing their earnings report about their AI strategy, which means they tap some stupid person in their executive staff to become the AI person and that person's happily trying to grab more territory. So they're now the AI guy, they got a budget. And then that flows into some wreck that flows into some startup. And you fast forward 90 days, that person still doesn't have any idea about what they want really inside of their large org. Mm-hmm. And so 90 days later, they're that much more sophisticated. And so if you take an internal middleware company, say Unity in games, Unity benefits from the fact that at least one of those two parts above or below them, demand or supply is static. Unity was relatively flat as a company for a while until what comes along is, oh, we have this problem, iOS and Android, and I got to shipped for two. Two is up 55, it's yep. two and we know which two they are. And then you got a long tail of the game developers that are trying to build for those two platforms, perfect dev tool situation. And so I actually, I blame a little bit of kind of investor class for running around and chasing everything that had a little tiny bit of momentum and applying their B2B SaaS playbook to what is a very, very unique situation where there's a really, really high fog of war. Sometimes lots of founders have a vision that is five or 10 years long and it's their calling and this is what they're building. But there's lots of other very, very successful companies that started out by reading a market and talking to a customer and talking to investors and triangulating and building. And and a lot of those companies, not all, but a lot of those companies, unfortunately, will get
0: swept by as the waves just move too quickly. I don't have anything to add to that. (laughs) Yes, plus one that's my rant
1: but you might have heard that rant before fraser
0: (laughs) no that's all brand new to me i think it's new i think it's new i think the i think there's a bunch of different things going on the technology is so new we are just inventing new new things that we can we're discovering new things that we can do with it. it i think this comes back to the discussion about the OpenAI dev day where the challenge is that the models themselves have these behaviors that you're not entirely sure what they're going to be capable of until you get your hands around them and you start playing with them and so this is not well maybe this maybe this is an answer to like where's google right because if you have these processes where you need to have a fully formed prd that people sign off on that gets circulated around stakeholders and they all have buying an alignment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You need a very long planning process. Y- you have a model that trains, you get a checkpoint at some point, you start exploring it and you're trying to figure out what it can do and what it can't do. Yeah. Y- y- you, you, you want to be shipping as close to the model's completion of training as possible for mm. obvious reasons. You, you want it to be and not be able to be easily misused, et cetera, et cetera but then the the counterbalance there is that you need the model to be done training in some extent to be able to know what you have. And we right. saw that with arrakis or whatever the rumor is that they weren't able to get something done and they had to abandon it. And then what they shift is is,
1: yeah, you can't you can't exactly plan your announcement and your pipeline nine months ahead of time to run your show when you don't even know if the thing you're making is gonna work and you're gonna have to kill some of those things uh, along the way.
0: That's right. And so if if the people building these models don't even know what they have until they put it out in the world, and that's actually such a beautiful thing, because then we all collectively can help discover creatively how, how to mold them and bend them into interesting products. Maybe it's not surprising that we haven't necessarily seen anything yet. It just takes time. It takes time. I'm very- is it, it- it's a part of that that's,
1: that's incredible and wonderful and is an ad, a, a advantage to startups because startups win with agility and large companies win with straight running speed in one direction. So agility favors them. If the world is changing constantly then that should favor a startup over a large company. But it's also terrifying, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> world, you, you, you try and make a pitch to the team about why you're joining. You try and talk to an investor about why they should put money in you've got an internal worldview that makes you convinced you should go quit your job and and go do this startup. And then, and then everything changes every couple
0: of months. That's, that's pretty terrifying. That's the startup journey. It's always terrifying. This is just a new level of terror that you have to keep your eye on, right? The game game is changing. This is new. Um, but the trade off is that you have this beautiful new technology, um, right. That you, that you didn't have uh, before and that nobody has like fully plumbed and discovered what's possible with. I, I would take that, um, that trade off every single day, by the way. I would take the fear of it changing underneath your feet every couple of months in exchange for every couple of months, like some beautiful new piece of technology that we thought was impossible two years ago just appears in the world. And is not only appears, it's like available via a simple API that costs like a thousandth of a penny.
1: Yeah. As long as I think you've internalized the culture that way. I think one of the things yeah. that yeah, 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 yeah. really belies is, is having a culture that is okay with constant realignment, yep. with okay with um, new plans on a very regular basis and is very execution oriented. Otherwise, yep. there's no way.
0: And that comes back to your comment earlier about you need to have, verticalization is, is a benefit in this world because what does that mean? That means that you can be so close to your end user. That you understand what their needs are their problems are and then as these new technologies come along you can say oh wait we discovered six months ago that they actually wanted to do x but that was impossible half a year ago and now look at this for a a thousandth of a penny we can solve it for them yeah that's right what else we got for today try any apps the past week any products using ai that are worthwhile exploring discussing i've been using
1: not just this last week, but I have a new note taking app that I have been using for the last probably month. I think I've mentioned it briefly in the hallways, but I never really gave you a full download on it. I'd love to talk about it. Um, first of all, the world doesn't need another another note taking app, but <laughs> I try all of them. And it's actually a very good example, a constant conversation that we have about products, about whether AI is sustaining innovation or whether it's a disruptive innovation. and. So the the company's called Reflect, it looks a lot like Obsidian or Roam or some other note-taking apps when you first open it up, clean UI, very well structured, the major differences that are pretty awesome are one is the iOS app in particular, just opens up and it has a record button right in the middle. And it is a, it is a speech to text. I'm walking out of a meeting. I open it up i just start talking i talk into it it automatically turns that into a note there are some bespoke apps that have existed like audio pen and some others that are the let me speak into my phone and then turn it into a note companies on their own mm-hmm. but this is well integrated inside of a full suite and so it's it's that that benefit of integration
0: this is that is amazing that you really like you know we we just talked about the lack of creativity that we are seeing but here's this new technology that is like commoditized text speech to text yeah. and and it's it's changing the way that we interact with with devices with computers with machines so you that's you, right you have a note app that is there a place is it is the prominent feature still to be able to input through the keyboard the notes or is it
1: yeah you, you okay. open it up and it does what what rome does which is it pins you to the current date so it's not trying to tell you to open up a new note. It's trying to make low friction. It just opens up to the current date and you're supposed to just start typing or you can record and just start talking. But importantly unlike iOS, it's not record under the keyboard. It's mm-hmm. not tucked in as a third, first, third first tier feature. Citizen. It is first class citizen in the product that yeah. makes you feel differently about the product, even though a lot of the rest of the Chrome looks very similar. Mm. And then, then the second really wonderful thing is they have some of the normal things that lots of note taking apps has, which is allowing you to then use AI actions against a little copiloty stuff against that text. Summarize this text, write a title, the kind of normal what is becoming table stakes in notion or anything else that has AI writing.
0: But so hold on, wait one second, because what you just said is a my GPTs. What do you mean? You're you're going to be able to go in and create uh, uh an action that has a record button that then does LLM type tasklets against it. Summarize this, or have a button that lets me sure. synthesize this. Is there going to be a a version of this app? Will this developer be inspired to go build that into my GPTs as a platform? I you
1: Sorry, just one second. What, I mean,
0: a, what a what a what a what a, <laughs> a what a mouthful of a name. My GPTs.
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's not what you proposed internally. Is there a world where? Going to ChatGPT as an input into a note-taking app, of course, that's possible. Do I still need a specific workflow to look through all my notes, combine them, retrieval, augmentation of that, write a blog post based on the last 15 things I talked about, more importantly, the thing I love about a note-taking app in the modern era, um, which was spurned by Rome, is the idea of backlinking similar concepts so i end up with mm. a lot of disparate concepts that now get gathered into hey what is every single time i've talked about note taking apps and i can look back 5 years and i've got a rolling bit or how many times have i have i talked about like the nature of trading card design or educational uh, pedagogy and then can i get a page that kind of gathers all the notes i've taken on educational ped- pedagogy over the last 5 years whatever thread you happen to be pulling and i love the idea of backlinking Unfortunately, with Roam and other services, backlinking it takes time. You're constantly tagging things. What should Mm -hmm. I tag? What should I not tag? So actually the kind of like second AI feature that I love is that yes, it does summarization and yes, it does normal headline AI, it can work, but you can also grab a big section of text, like for instance, me blabbering on in an audio note that just got recorded into Reflect and then just ask for it to backlink the whole thing and it will analyze the whole piece of text. And then add in little backlinks on all the relevant key concepts. And so now it's not just some add on writer, the way that say it is in most apps, it's actually helping you use the product more, it's helping you more deeply integrate into the surface area that the product is already laid out
0: beforehand. And I love that. Beautiful. That, that type of like depth of functionality and interconnectedness is why I don't think I don't think there will be, you know, a a platform that has all of these first party products sucked into it. I think that you're going to have, no, there's clearly a need, but then if there's clearly a need, who is going to supply the API for all of the AI that's woven into that product? You don't don't think there's a developer business for open AI long-term around that?
1: Oh, no, I'm not saying that there's not a developer business for open AI. I, I, I just think that it's very unlikely that it will be open AI. I, I would take the bet against because I do think it's so important that it needs to be some company on the planet's job one.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And 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 it's very unlikely that if it's somebody on the planet's job two or job three, that they won't get lapped eventually. Yeah. And, and in the case of open AI, I just think chat creates so much gravity around the, or- look, if you could just... If you, if you could go work at open AI tomorrow, which I, you definitely don't want to do, but you, cause you're here. But if you, if you were going to open open AI in this chapter of his life, not when you went way back when, when, when open AI was still a research org trying to figure out how to be a product org, but in today's post GPT, post large learning model, like this world, if you were to join now, would you rather work on chat GPT, <laughs> would you rather work on AGI, Right. would you rather work on core models or do you want to like work on the rate limiter for the API?
0: I'm not answering <laughs> the question that
1: there are some, that, <laughs> or, the, the, or I don't know the like corporate fine tuning area of, it's just, it's an org that is oriented around certain priorities. And so I think it will be somebody else that will win that game.
0: I don't know who, yeah. but I don't think it'll be them. The, the, this is actually what I think is the most amazing piece of this moment is there is an organization that is trying to run the table across a number of different monumental businesses yes, across right. different markets that are at odds with one another. I don't know. I don't know if there's an example of an exceptionally great consumer product company that has also been a developer platform that's first party, like first rate, first rate. And yeah. there's like a bull story I can tell we're you. We're both, bull story. by the
1: way, we're both are explosive brand-new, right. multi-billion-dollar market right. opportunities right. with the fog of war. No way! Right.
0: And and then all of the tensions that exist within a, a, a relatively small organization and that is still relatively resource-constrained to do those two things, is there's a bull story for why that can happen. I think the, the traditional story is a bear story, that you can't do both of those at the same time, and it's a future that you foresee happens. I think... I think that they're as well positioned as anybody in history to be able to do it, to be able to run the table. And I don't think we know yet. I think doing too many
1: things <laughs> will make all of them mediocre. And I hope OpenAI does one well versus seven increasingly worse over time, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think it- oh, the last little bit, by the way, of reflect, I have to get this in, which, cause it loops back to the previous week's podcast. Which is the other very interesting thing about Reflect is that I have been using Snip as a podcast service lately, and now I can triple click and create a note. The note that gets transcribed, speech to text by AI, then gets dropped into Readwise, and then Readwise has a sync directly to Reflect, which then drops into Reflect and then gets backlinked to all the other concepts. And so I got, I got. I'm, I'm stitching together an AI yeah. future. No. <laughs> I see. I see. You're saying if you check back into me in a year, I'll be talking about the Apple Notes app again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's just so clean and simple. It's just, it's, I just open it and it works.
0: It's yellow. It looks like a, a notepad. Exactly. Let's wrap it for this week, man. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank Love you, everybody. When well, we'll, we'll see who announces what. <laughs> Take care.